Empathizing with others and noticing their emotions will give you insight into what people are really thinking and how they work. This level of awareness takes practice, but can help leaders collect incredibly useful information um, and build an incredible amount of trust and rapport with their team members. I'm Jason Gore, and I'm here with executive coach Robert, Robert McNaughton. Yeah, this is a very nuanced territory, Jason. I'm looking forward to diving in here with you because I think this is one that um, doesn't really get much attention at all in the, uh, the management leader, uh, literature that's out there today. Yes, except when it's horribly missing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when someone is not noticing the, the subtle cues that everybody else is noticing, um, it tends to come to the forefront of like, wow, this person is not paying attention to some of the social dynamics in the room or what's going on, um, or they're not seeing me. And it tends to cause people to shut down a little bit. I, that's where it really bubbles up. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it, it, this definitely is the source of a, a lot of tensions and conflicts and where things can blow up. And um, I don't think people are, are really as aware of how easy it is to get better at it and what mm -hmm. the effects are when we do get better at it. You know, in some ways, like, I kind of feel like that people are a bit of an onion, right? They present to reveal an outer layer and they wait and test to see if, like, your listening and your attention is safe enough for them to reveal the next layer. Um, and so by paying attention to the more subtle cues, I think a couple things happen. It's like one, you get to see kind of where to do the deep dive and where to dig in a little bit, but it also creates an incredible amount of trust where people are more willing to reveal those deeper layers, reveal the mistakes that they've made and what they're learning as running their own organizations and maybe some of the risks that they aren't necessarily very comfortable being honest about. Yeah. I mean, I, when I think about the costs, you know, to the leader and the team when people aren't doing this very well, is it, it becomes really easy as a, as a team member to kind of phase out and, you know, kind of act like I'm in the room, but really not being in the room because, you know, it's not like anybody's watching. But when there's a leader who actually is paying attention to things and kind of asks questions, I can't hide as easily. And, uh, you know, um, so um, engagement can really suffer if leaders aren't bringing this quality of attention onto their team. Mm -hmm. You know, it's funny because, you know, I get brought in as a facilitator a lot and um, people know that I'm very observant and it's very difficult to hide. And as a result of that, people tend to be on their best behavior, right? right? And they can't hide out. But if a leader is not being observant, um, I think that a lot of hiding out does happen and personal challenges can really escalate in a way that just causes all sorts of what I would call mischief in an organization, just noise where you've earned an interpersonal conflict that is now getting in the way of getting work done. Right. And I mean, and really kind of obvious things can, can go unacknowledged that, that create a lot of problems. Like if someone has a, a, you know, personal issues going on in their life. Now, we're not saying that work should be a place for therapy. It should not. But there should also be human decency and caring in the culture where we notice when someone's, you know, has been kind of going through something, bringing attention to that so that yeah. the person themselves, you know, can't just be sweeping these things under the rug and they can get the attention that they need. Yep. I remember I was in this one meeting where I was an observer in the meeting. I was just, just observing a, a management team meeting. And there was a, a person that came in the room and he 
was obviously, you know, teary-eyed. Um, and the leaders kind of pushed through the meeting and everybody felt, well, I shouldn't say everybody, I felt, and I could see everybody kind of looking at me, like seeing what was happening. And they weren't really listening to the CEO who was facilitating because they were all, all feeling into what's going on here. And I uh, decided to take my observer hat off and say, hey, John, could I just pause you for a second? It looks like Steve is having a tough time right now and it's causing um, our attention to be diverted. And he looked up and he realized, oh, wow. Like, and at that point, you know, once the attention went to Steve, like he started crying. And it turns out that he had lost someone that was very, very close to him. But the, no one could have moved on or that, that conversation would not have been successful and effective if it, we didn't actually stop and pause and talk about what was happening. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So what gets in the way, you know, um, when, when I think of leaders, like why aren't they paying attention to, um, to their team and, you know, these subtle distinctions, what, what are they paying attention to and, and what's getting in the way here? Well, I mean, well, one thing that's getting in the way is this is, it's hard, sure. right? It's actually hard to really notice. Yes, we all have instincts and intuitions, but most people don't really practice paying attention um, to other people. I mean, even looking someone in the eye, right, is awkward for most people for more than a few seconds. And so we tend to look a little bit askance rather than making, you know, direct eye contact. So I think there's some a level of intimacy and a level of just humanness that needs to be practiced here that we're just not necessarily naturally practiced at. Yeah. And I think, you know, we're, we're talking about a modicum of, you know, humanity here, right? Like it's, it's, this isn't group therapy, but at the same time, what I think happens a lot is, is uh, I can go on autopilot and I can get very results focused. I, you know, I'm looking at the numbers, I'm looking at the project and I just want to get back to work and just kind of take care of business. And that can make it very easy for me just to kind of like stay in my own shell on things and, and, and not taking that time just to kind of pop up and, uh, and see the other human beings that are sharing their life here with me. Yeah. You know, sometimes we, what we want is like human brains to walk into the door and do their work. Um, but we're actually human beings. And, you know, sometimes there's moments to put the results orientation on pause and address the human being who's sitting in front of the room rather than the human doing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, you know, what naturally happens when, when I'm just seeing people as brains and as, you know, cogs in the machine is um, I'm, I'm not hearing all of their ideas. Um, um, uh, they're not bringing more of their unique genius to the table. Um, all of the creativity, all of the problem-solving capabilities that people naturally have, everybody's going to go on autopilot, and that's going to become a cultural norm, and uh, we're going we're gonna to miss out on a lot that way. So let's talk about how a leader does this well, how they notice people's emotions in a deeper way that's valuable. Yeah. I mean, I think what we've been talking about already, it's pretty simple. It's just watching people's faces faces and noticing changes. And if it looks like someone just got kind of frustrated about something or if someone is bored, then you're probably right. You know, but you can always ask the question and uh, and see what's going on there, and and just watch, pay pay more attention, and you'll get better at paying attention. Yeah, and I think you said something really important. There's notice people's changes, you know, and the nonverbal communication side. I think some things got 
um, people got led astray, like crossed arms means that someone's closed. Sure. And, you know, although that might be a general, there might be some truth in that, like maybe the person is just cold. Like, whereas if they cross their arms right in the middle of when you're saying something provocative, that's probably more likely to be an indicator. So it's not noticing people, but to calibrate with that person. What are, what are they doing now and what changes in the middle? Um, yeah. So that you could really say, huh, did something just happen? What just happened? Hmm, right. Maybe I should ask a question. Yeah, exactly. And those asking questions, I think, is, is critical as well, because it's like the iceberg metaphor. You know, the tip of the iceberg is all that we're seeing um, around us at a table. And if we ask questions, if we start, you know, looking beneath the surface to see what's going on, um, it, you know, people will re remember that like they're valued and that their opinions are heard here and they're more of their opinions and their value will then uh, come to the surface. So we need to draw out people's, people's intuitions and see how people arrived at the conclusions that they're, uh, that they're bringing to the table. Mm -hmm. And you know, there's a lot of data, right? We have, we've been talking mostly about visual data, like noticing people's changes. Um, but there's also auditory, like you could literally hear yes. and with relatively good confidence whether someone is smiling on a telephone call, right? right. You could tell whether they're smiling or not smiling and tell the difference. Um, so, you know, notice those auditory cues, but also those intuition, those gut feelings, the, those feelings like, huh, something doesn't feel right here and there's some other stimulus in the room that I'm noticing a change is to start to pair those things up um, and just get better at noticing when you should pause and check in. Yeah, you, you'll be amazed at when you start recognizing your own uh, internal phenomenological uh, sensations and like feelings. It's just like, huh, why did I just get sad all of a sudden? That you'll be amazed at how much that connects with the other things that are happening in the room. And it's not a whole bunch of, you know, woo-woo stuff. It's, it's just pretty simple how it operates, uh, people, how people operate in groups. Yeah. Now, at the same time, there is a little bit of woo-woo-ness here. Like, this is probably the most kind of emotional, you know, thing that we talk about in terms of leadership. Um, but it also is incredibly powerful. And even if it's done at some modicum of, of you know, observance where literally someone's crying in front of you and you're addressing that at least rather than just pushing through, um, it will really have people feel seen. Yeah. Yeah. Artistry is what we're going for here. You know, elegance uh, in all things. And we, we have to start with where, where we're at. And uh, but when this is done with excellence, um, when we're really you know, starting to cultivate this and permissing this in our culture, uh, people will start to feel seen and appreciated. And also they'll bring more of themselves to work. And they'll enjoy their work more. And they'll, you'll enjoy your work more because it's more fully engaging. You're not just a robot. And like, as far as I understand, humans don't like just being automatons. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of CEOs, they get to a point where they're sitting in these meetings where they don't necessarily need to be there. And yes, the goal is to get out of those meetings and not attend them. But if you're in those meetings, um, it's a really great opportunity just to notice people. You know, I tell my clients to, one, take notes on appreciations, like while people are talking, really right. notice, like, did they articulate something in a good way so that when you bump into those folks, you could actually give them an appreciation. 
Um, but also, it, you know, take time to notice their expressions, notice variations in their eyes and their muscle tone and their, in their faces, um, and just start to connect your own intuition to what people are saying and what you're observing and just like get into that practice. And so it's like, it's for the CEO who can't stop their mind, like it gives you something to do in those tough, tough meetings as well is to kind of deepen the practice here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a real simple, you know, next step with this is like, we're, we're watching what's happening, noticing changes, and then simply acknowledging it, you know, not, not, uh, you know, shining a spotlight on someone or something like that, but just being like, Hey, did you say everything you wanted to say there? Or, um, you know, it, it, it looks like you disagreed with that. Is that true? You know, nothing fancy, very simple. But once you start going down that road, um, you'll get better at it and your culture will get better at it. Mm -hmm. And the, the key thing here that I think we're talking about is that people need to be seen as human beings. And if they're not, they don't feel respected. It, it tends to show up in attrition. It tends to show up in blame or arguments. arguments. It's like, Empathizing with others and noticing people's emotions is a real opportunity for you to prevent problems further down the road. Um, it might be natural for some and unnatural for others. It definitely takes practice. But the reward is that you get a lot more information. You develop deeper rapport and trust with others. And you're really drawing the best in the people around you out because you're kind of probing and pushing and knowing, knowing how to uh, work with them and how to collaborate with them. Very powerful, very important stuff. Thanks, Jason. Uh, thanks, Robert. And for all the leaders out there, we hope this has been helpful.